Warning, the following podcast contains explicit language and subjects, is recorded by adults, and is intended for adults. The opinions of those on this podcast are their own opinions and are not reflective of our family, friends, and or employers. If you're easily offended by explicit language and discussions, then stop listening now. Good morning, Vietnam! Are you good? I'm going to make him an awfully camera for you. Here's Johnny. They're here. They're here. They're here. They're here. They're here. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. It's showtime. Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of the Shirley. We did not just watch that and don't call me Shirley. Uh, podcast. It's been a couple weeks since we uh, recorded again because uh, we went down to Las Vegas. Uh, we're going to start off the show with a little airing of something really quick, and then we'll be right back. His second goal of this series and third goal here in the playoffs. A minute to go in the third period of Game 5. Golden Knights 9, Panthers 3. The Knights are this close. When we think about that first game in Golden Knights history, when we think about the incredible ride, that was the inaugural season. Bill Foley had asked the team to get to the playoffs in three years. They did better than that. The noble charge from Bill Foley was cut in six. They talk about dreaming. The Golden Knights are going to make that dream a reality. A devotion to destiny. Misfits to champions. The Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup in 2023. The first Stanley Cup championship in Golden Knights history comes in their sixth season. The Silver State is home to the greatest silver trophy in all of sports. The mob is behind Aiden Hill's goal. All the players swarming one another, jubilant in celebration. The fans on their feet can't stop. The streamers down from the rafters, sticks and gloves and flamingos. The Golden Knights are Stanley Cup champions. Twenty seconds remaining. The Golden Knights start to celebrate on their bench. The silver trophy to the Golden Knights. So needless to say, I think you know what we were watching this past <laughs> past little bit while we were on a little break. Um, our, our, our team did it. They won the Stanley Cup. The first uh, little bit there was the radio call from the Vegas radio um, guys, Dan Duva and Gary Lawless. And then the second one was there was the TNT broadcast of, of the, the final thing. And it was funny. It was um, they all started jumping onto the ice with like seven seconds left. There should have been too many men on the ice penalty, but... <laughs> It was a championship game, so I don't think they were worrying about that too much. So, um, what'd you think, babe? It was unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, 
who would have thought in six years, you know? The owner. Well. During their initial press conference, he said, <laughs> playoffs in three, Stanley Cup in six. <laughs> and this was six years. And uh, so, needless to say, that was on, on Tuesday, June... June 14th, I think, is what the date was on that one. Give me one second. This is the date on there. I thought it was like the 12th. No, the 13th, yeah. Yeah, so it was Tuesday, June 13th is when they won it. And then the parade was on the 17th. You're jumping ahead of me. <laughs> so they they won the championship, and we were supposed to, to go camping the following weekend for... Uh, uh, during Father's Day weekend, but uh, we decided to go to Las Vegas to celebrate the parade. And they announced they were going to have their championship parade on the Las Vegas Strip between Flamingo and Tropicana at night. Because why would you do a parade in June in Las Vegas during during the summer months? So we went down there, and uh, Stephen decided to take a day trip and and going down there as well. And so Angie and Steven, they went down to the Toshiba Plaza to partake in the, the festivities that were going to go on there in the in the plaza there. And um, I stayed at the condo. I wasn't about to go down into that, that craziness. Plus where they had it set up, Metro, which is the police department down there, you weren't allowed to bring in backpacks or chairs or coolers or stuff like that. Now, mind you, it still wasn't 100 degrees down there yet, but it, w- it was close. It was close. And with all those b- mass bodies of humanity down there, I'm sure it probably felt like it was 100 degrees, yes? I mean, we did see one guy pass out in front of us, but yeah. I don't know. He might have been drunk. So. <laughs> which is <laughs> which is uh, one of the players, but we'll get that here in just a second. So they went down there. They, they probably went down there about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I stayed back at the condo. I was going to watch it on TV. So I had, I had the... The ABC affiliate on the TV, and then I had the NBC affiliate on my phone. And so I was watching all the parade shit and, and party stuff that they were down there seeing live. And and William Carlson, that that crazy son of a bitch, came out onto the stage drunk as fuck and fell down on the, on the platform. And it had one of the greatest epic uh, uh, drunken rants ever. But that was it. That's that's basically what uh, we watched the last two weeks. But we just started our shows because of. Um, um, hockey season now is officially over. Yeah, now we can get back into watching our stuff regularly. So, re- <laughs> so we said when we started this, you know, there's the meme that says, you know, Stanley Cup playoffs are, you know, happening. You know, regular life is on hold until June. Well, it is June, and regular life is now back on, on thing, and and so. Um, we started watching season two of The Bear. It came out on. Uh, it's exclusive to Hulu this time. And we watched the the first couple of episodes of it, um, and they dropped all eight or ten of them at, at one time for this season. So that was kind of kind of nice. And then uh, what else? Did, what else did we start watching? Well, I fu- I finished Yellow Jackets first of all. Oh, oh, that's right. Um, <clears throat> and it was a good season. Uh, definitely left off on a. Uh, Kind of a cliffhanger, I guess. <clears throat> I think the, um, the the showrunners have uh, uh, projected out like two more years, I think. Um, so that one's done. And then I started up the uh, new Black Mirror episodes that came out. And there's only five this this season. Uh, but so far, they're very Black Mirror-y. <laughs> Well, I watched that that one episode with you, and that was like, "What the fuck is this crazy ass shit?" Um, but I, I, I won't be uh, joining you with the rest of it, just as a forewarning. Um, I did watch, uh, I did binge watch all of uh, Tulsa King on uh, Paramount Plus, the Sylvester Stallone uh, mobster TV show. It wasn't too bad. I, I, I thought it was, it was pretty cool. Um, supposed to be getting a second season for that one down the road whenever you know the writer strike you know decides to to come to an end um and i think that's really about the only show that i've that i've watched um during that time frame but now that like i said now that the hockey's over i've got 16 episodes of the new night court to to binge watch and and uh, um we'll see if there's anything else that that sparks my interest what else you've been watching babe just went over. That's it. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, this time I don't. I, I, I really don't have a lot of different entertainment news stories that um, I've been looking at over the last little bit. I did do a couple of just screenshots if I can. Um, Oh, I did see something from Variety, I guess, uh, from a couple couple days ago. There's some, there's some Titanic mega fan out there. He's trying to collect one million copies of Titanic on VHS. So far, he's got 1,560 copies on VHS. Why would you want a million copies of Titanic on VHS? Is it like a charity thing? I don't or? know. Like I said, I just I did a screenshot. Of it. It, it was put out from Variety. Um, so if you want to go read the article, I don't know, you can. I just I just thought it was interesting that some, if you look in the picture of his background, look at all those copies of Titanic in the background. The blue one was the the original pan and scan version of it. The gold one up along the top is the widescreen version. Um, back when they did VHS tapes. Let's see what else do I got on here. Oh, and then did you see that Disney was doing a uh, $115,000 Disney Parks trip around the world? That might be a little bit safer than the, the $250,000 Titanic sub thing. Um, but yeah, it's a 24-day, 6-country, 12-park private jet experience. Stops at the company's properties in California, Tokyo, Shanghai, Hong Kong, Paris, and Florida. As well as some non-Disneyland landmarks, including the Taj Mahal and the Great Pir- the Pyramid of, of Giza. But yeah, hundred starts at one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars per person. Yeah, they had uh, talked about this, I think, last year when they were getting it together. So that's kind of cool that they, you know, I guess have people who want to do that. So. And then another one that I found out uh, that Zazzy Beats <laughs> says that she's not going to be coming back to uh, Deadpool three. Domino. I, I found that one out. Um, that one came out through IGN. Um, it also says that uh, Deadpool 3 is currently in production without beats and despite the writer strike, which would legally prevent Ryan Reynolds from ad-libbing any dialogue. So, stop working on it until the writer strike is over. We need him to ad-lib shit. That's what makes those movies so goddamn funny. Um, yeah, that it. the writer strike is really affecting all the... Um, release dates for certain things now yeah a lot of stuff is getting pushed back um so we'll see how far you know how much longer it goes um you know and the main issue is the streamers you know unfortunately um you know they're not paying you know uh residuals or whatever and uh and it's not fair you know so yeah they need to uh they need to be paid and compensated as well. Now, here's the last one, and then we'll start doing doing our stuff. Um, I found this on the New York Post. Apparently, there was a guy who hurt his shoulder on The Price is Right. I guess he was celebrating his win so much that he dislocated his shoulder, and his wife had to come up and spin the big wheel for him because he couldn't do it. I mean, I've heard in the past people, you know, getting hurt from spinning yeah, the wheel. Yeah, for spinning the wheel, but he hadn't spun the wheel yet. He he was just so excited that he won his game that he, you know, throwing his arm around stuff like that that he he hurt his shoulder and that his wife had to actually come up and spin the big wheel for him cuz he he couldn't do it. That's like that's funny. So, but yeah, like I said, I didn't I didn't look for a lot of new stuff while we were while we were down there in Vegas. Um but uh, um yeah, so that's pretty much I've got. Unless you f- you found any different little news things for the for the show. Uh, I mean, other I, I mean, you you went to go see Transformers the other day, so yeah, Steve and I went to go see the new Transformers: The Rise of the Beast yesterday, and I'll tell you this much right now: I absolutely hated this movie. <laughs> I think the best Transformers movie that they've done was Bumblebee with John Cena. Um, the only I will say that they did kind of keep Bumblebee as the same car in this particular one, but yeah, I I absolutely hated it. And they're trying to do a crossover with one of the other Hasbro properties, and I'll just leave that where it's at. But uh, if if you like the Transformers, wait till it comes on one of the streaming services down the road. I mean, pro- with it being a Paramount title, it'll probably be on Paramount Plus before long. 
I would just wait to, to see it there. I, I wouldn't waste the money to go see it in the, in the theater. I mean, it, it's it's not that good of a movie. It ties into Bumblebee, right? You know, it, it's hard to, to say what they're trying to do with this one. I don't know if they're trying to reset everything, but like I said, they, they the Bumblebee movie that came out a few years ago, they kept his car design pretty much the same thing as the Camaro, if I remember correctly, versus the bug. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know if they're trying to do a reboot with this thing, but they're like I said, they're doing a tie-in with one of the other Marvel, or not Marvel, but uh, Hasbro toy properties. And if you think about it really hard, you'll probably guess which property it is. But yeah, I absolutely hate it. But they did have a bunch of trailers for some um, thriller movies come out this fall that you probably you know be interested in. So horror movies. I wouldn't necessarily particularly call them horror films. I would I would definitely say, you know, suspense thriller type deals. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did show the uh, a longer uh, trailer for Meg 2. <laughs> it's actually Meg 2 The Trench. <laughs> so I wonder if it had anything to do with the book this time versus the first one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, I don't know if that one deserved a sequel or not. It was a, it was a fun cheesy ass shark movie. Um, so what else, babe? That's it. I mean, alrighty. Well, then it is that time of our show. <laughs> Here's a little list. All right. So last time we got together, we decided that we were going to do our top ten Disney animated movies and. We also decided that we would be able to incorporate Pixar movies into it because Disney owns Pixar. This list was harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, but uh, you get to start. Are we doing this numbered from the bottom or just whatever? How did, how did you do it? Did you do them as your, as your top ten in order or how did, how did you do it? Because that's how I did mine. I mean, I've... I have an order, but yeah, this was... You should have split it up between regular Disney and, and Pixar. <laughs> Alright, so put put them, put them in order 10, 10 to 1. Okay, so number 10, I have a classic, 1961, 101 Dalmatians. Strictly Disney, you know, put out... Um, uh, it's one of my favorite of the classics. Um, I, you know, I just love the Dalmatians. <laughs> Jeez, I know. <laughs> and and it has a ninety eight on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's still considered, uh, you know, highly regarded. It's good, not on my list. Okay. My number ten is actually an old an old one too, from nineteen seventy seven, the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Really. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I I thoroughly enjoyed that. I just remember when I was younger, when we lived down there in Provo, I'd go over to my aunt Donna's house and, you know, we'd go to the movie store and and I would rent the shit out of this movie. So, yeah, that that's actually number ten on my list. Um. Okay. For number nine. I had a hard time putting these in order, I swear. Um, let me go with... All right, I'll tell you what. You you hurry and put yours in order. I'll do my, my top ten because I have them in order already. So this will give you a minute to, okay. to think about it. All right, so like I said, my number ten I've, at 1977 is The Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. At number nine from 2009, Up. Then coming in at number eight from 2000 is The Emperor's New Groove. So far, none of them are on my... Uh, number... 10, 9, 8. So number 7 from 2007, Ratatouille. Um, number 6 is actually probably the newest one on the on the group. is uh, from 2017, Coco. I really enjoyed that movie. I thought that one was fucking fantastic. Oh, that's the one we saw the symphony play, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's just something about that one. Um, coming in at number six. No, that's 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. So number five 
Um, 2001, Monsters, Inc. Oh, there's one crossover, finally. <laughs> uh, coming in at number four from 1995, the original Toy Story. Then coming in at number three from 1994, The Lion King. And then coming in at number two from 1992, Aladdin. And then coming in at number one from 1991, Beauty and the Beast. Now, for me, this was, was tough because I'm not a big fan of the old school classics. Snow White doesn't do anything for me. Cinderella doesn't do anything for me. You know, and I'm not trying to sound like a, you know, I'm, I'm a sexist. It's just those ones didn't do anything for me. Now, I did have a couple of honorable mentions. I had Pocahontas and Mulan um, on there, The Little Mermaid, Lady and the Tramp. But those ones just. If I have the option to, or the opportunity to watch the Disney movies, those are the these are the ten that I, w- I would watch over and over and over and over and over again before I started watching some of the other stuff. Well, at this point, Beauty and the Beast is considered part of the older style. Yeah, you know. So I mean, yeah, I've got I've got three three of those ones, you know, four of them with Pooh and Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and Lion King. The rest of them are pretty much. Uh, um, or Pixar's, Pixar's with the ex- exception of Emperor's New Groove, but that one's still, you know, Disney. But those those are my top ten. Okay. All right, so I had um, 10101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not the oldest one on my list. Oh, my God, you did go with Snow White. Number nine, I have Wreck-It Ralph, 2012. I thought about that one. I love that story. You know, he's the villain, and yet you he know, wants to be the hero. The hero. That's <laughs> a great movie. I, I, I love the stories that just take you know the normal you know plot of something and just turn it on its head. You know. So yeah, so that's. Um, and John C. Riley voiced him perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I mean, I think that has one of the lower ratings. It's an eighty-seven on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so, uh, okay, so number eight, where did I go, eight, oh, Frozen 2. Now, I know a lot of people like Frozen original, (laughs) but I like, I like the, I really love the story in Frozen 2. Um, there's, there's a few more songs in it, too. Um, other than the, the, the let it go from the first one, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, I think, actually my most recent on there. 2019, yeah. Um, that actually has a low, um, the lowest rating. That's a 77 on Rotten Tomatoes. So, now we go to 7, which is Monsters, Inc., 2001 that's I think that's the first Pixar yeah um, yeah that's the first Pixar on my list so um, let's go to number six which is Toy Story original and and I had a hard time picking between part two and one but I mean the first one is the one that, you know, I mean, for Monsters, Inc., having the story about, you know, the monster in the closet not being scary, here was, in Toy Story, a story about the toys coming to life, but it's not supposed to be scary, right? Mm-hmm. When you're a little kid, <laughs> you think, you know, the, the toys are going to come and kill me or something like that, you know. So, once again, you know, they, they turn the story on its head, you know. And, um, yeah, so I, I went with the original on that. Uh, number five is the oldest on my list, 1940, Pinocchio. This is the third film uh, that Disney put out. I think it was after Snow White and... I want to say Fantasia, but I'm not positive on that. Uh, and this, I think, I think this is the only one that ha- has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Can't. 
Oh no, Toy Story still has it. Too, so. But uh, yeah, so that's my uh, oldest one on here. Uh, then we go to number four, which is A Bug's Life. I knew you were going to put that one on there. I knew it. Burn him again. Burn again. <laughs> I love this movie. I mean, it is basically the seven, sa- seven samurai story, you know. But it's so ingenious in how they use all the bugs. <laughs> With Hopper. Oh, man. Yeah, I love that movie. Okay, so three is... Uh, 2016's Zootopia. I knew you were going to put that one on there as well. <laughs> Once again, a story... Uh, it's like a crime drama in a Disney movie. <laughs> Such a good story. I mean, having, you know, the little... Uh, uh, what were they mice or whatever rats village um as the crime boss oh, you yeah. know from the uh, godfather yeah, yeah. Um, and and i don't know if you've seen the uh, uh one-offs that they just put out uh there's a there's one story about about them that family um but that's really good um okay so now we go to two is a musical it is which is basically all disney movies zootopia is not a musical i said basically ralph isn't a musical i said basically (laughs) toy story is not a me unless you count the you know the songs that randy newman did but um number two nightmare before christmas yes technically it was put out by touchstone but it's now under the Disney banner. Well, Touchstone was was, was a property was, right of Disney. Um, it's it's the only stop motion one I have on my list. Um, and yeah, this it's just a marvel how they, you know, filmed all that. And the music, I mean, it's it's timeless. Um, that. And that has a high score, too. That's up in the 90, 95 for uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And, of course, number one is Beauty and the Beast, 91. Yep, the way it should be. But it still is. I mean, some of these other ones, they're actually, you know, there might be a, a moment when, you know, one of these other ones pass it up. But it's still the classic for me. Um I mean, I just love the music. I could just listen to that. Um, the just the instrumental, you know, parts. Um, and yeah, so. Alrighty, yeah. So I mean, yeah, did you have any honorable mentions? Oh, a ton. Just do a couple. Oh, I had Brave, Pixar twenty twelve. I really love that story. Yeah. And, it, and that one's not a musical. I had Finding Nemo, 2003. I, I thought about Nemo. Yeah. Uh, and I do, I think I do like that one better than Dory. Oh, uh, hands down better than Dory. But it's kind of close. I mean, they did a good job on, on the Dory one, too. Of course, Toy Story 2. Um, and so far, these are all Pixar ones. Let's see. Oh, I had two that... Um, so well, I guess the Tigger movie, that's straight up Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was from 2000. Uh, I just remember watching that in the theater with, you know, <laughs> seeing all of uh, his family and everything. Um, but there's another one that's, n- I mean, it it is Disney, but it was originally Studio uh, Ghibli. Mm-hmm. That Ponyo. It's an anime. Um, it was... It was originally, you know, put out by that Japanese company, but now Disney owns it, right? Um, and it and it's basically the Little Mermaid story. I mean, Stephen watched it with me. You know, that's basically the story. But um, it was such a good movie, and and for an anime like that, I think that's if you're trying to get into anime, 
that's a good one to you know to start off with um well in our last episode you said ghost and show was a good one to start get, that's start off. really <laughs> a hard you know this is more like a kid's you know um movie so uh, oh entangled that was the other one 2010 i i still love that movie i i mean i i remember when it came out it they didn't really promoted as a musical which was i think their problem you know it didn't do so well although i did watch all the sequels and even the tv show which was excellent um the you know the disney show but uh yeah i think that's about it all righty so last last time we got together to do this we uh we drew some letters we drew some ping pong balls and for you we uh not we, but I drew out the letter F for you, and it had to be a musical. And then your subcategory for our game to get any kind of points, it had to be done by Warner Brothers, and then it had to have been released from 1969 or earlier. And you found one, and the name of that title was Footlight Parade, 1933. All right, Which? Be- before we go any further with this one, last time we recorded this shit, you found a 1935 film called The Informer. This one is now older than that one. So this is now the oldest movie, I think, that I have ever seen in my life. Uh, <laughs> what I was going to say is this is actually on the National Film Registry also. I saw that last <laughs> night, but that didn't start with an I. So no, I, but, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, no. A lot of these movies are going to be... <laughs> Yeah, I saw that last night. Yeah, yeah. this is, I mean, to me, it's not a classic. Because I, I, I honestly don't recall seeing this film growing up. I mean, it's a James Cagney film. So, you know, you're going to see, you know, clip movie clips and stuff, you know, when they show talk about his life and stuff like that. And some of the songs I do kind of, you know, um, recall, you know, hearing. Um, but yeah, this is, 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 is one of the, uh, first movies that he actually did his song and dance. Uh, you know, later on he would do like, um, what is it? Yankee Doodle Dandy, Mm -hmm. you know, other ones. Um, but yeah, this was his first one, uh, doing that. What I found out too is this was, um, considered a pre-code movie. Basically, it was the MPAA back then, which didn't go into a, f- in, uh, in, in wasn't enforced until 1934, a year later. So, in this one, some of that stuff toward the end, where they're at the honeymoon hotel and and uh, the uh, the dancers themselves all, you know, uh, they're dressed, you know. <laughs> Was for the time, I you know, kind of uh, risque, I guess. Uh, a year later, they would have had to cut some of that stuff out. And probably some of the the comments, like you know, more blackface, one of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is a '30s film, so there's going to be you know racist stuff. There's going to be sexist, sexist stuff. I mean, <laughs> you know, so. You have to put your mind in that time period. Yeah, you know. Yes, we can look back on it and say, yeah, this movie would not get made today. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not the way they intended it. Yeah. So, um, but um, it is, you know, considered a Busby Berkeley movie, which in the musical theater um, subcategory, I guess, you know, they're, they're, he's or he's the biggest of all the choreographers, you know, all the dancing girls and stuff. Uh, and actually, I, I, I found on some website, they're actually in the process of making a biopic about him. So that'll be kind of cool, you know. Cause for, the, for a Cagney? No, for Busby Berkeley. Oh. Uh, because then, I'm sure in the movie, they'll probably recreate some of those, you know, dancing scenes and stuff. Um, you know, he did like 42nd Street and, you know, all those other other classics that came. Um, yeah, like, you know, this was Warner Brothers. And then so, you know, some of that uh, um, other other uh, films transferred to MGM. 
um, in the following years. Um, the music was by uh, Harry Warren uh, and Durbin guy. Uh, at least some of the songs I think were. Uh, oh, he collaborated with, um, and uh, he won. He won an Oscar. I think it was what it was for one of those Forty uh, Second Street songs. But he also did a lot of the Warner Brothers Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies stuff. So you would know, you know, some of that music. All right, so the synopsis on this from IMVD is... Uh, I-M-D-B. Yeah, I, oh, I goofed that one up. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's, uh, James Cagney, he plays Chester Kent, who struggles against time, romance, and a uh, rival spy to produce spectacular live prologues for movie houses. So back in the time frame... Before the movie started, they had these little production shows, and he's trying to produce these things, and so that's where the the concept of, of this movie is, takes place. Um, yeah, I also found out that how they charged fifty cents for the the films back then, and that would be an equivalent to about eleven dollars today, and then which the, is about right, and then the twenty five thousand that they were blackmailing each other for <laughs> would be about a half a million today <laughs> so that tells you how those uh you know the the owners the boss or whatever of those theater companies mm-hmm. were you know crooked sons of crooked, bitches yeah all right so i hated this movie this movie bored me to tears um and they even during the, the sh- watching it last night you were like put in your time frame i was like I am thinking of the time frame. This movie bored me silly, and to start, it didn't start off as a musical, but it finally, if it definitely got to it, it definitely, it definitely got to it. I uh, yeah, I, I, and we saw this on Amazon Prime, you know, Prime Videos, where we saw this one at, and so I, I'm giving this one one puck. I, I, I did not like this one at all. Um. I'm giving this a th- three pucks, simply because it's a musical. <laughs> um, like I said, I I don't really recall it growing up, but it it has some of the, you know, more classic choreography scenes. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I said, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they recreate those if they do that movie. Um, some of my favorite lines were. Uh, where they were trying to do the casting, and they said, find a couple not in love. Yeah. And somebody said, said, get married people. Yeah, get married people. (laughs) And I I made the comment, I was like, we could do this. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and then the uh, the one lady told the other lady, as long as there are sidewalks, you have a job. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, then the the Mrs. uh, Be Rich. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She was trying to call her a bitch. Yeah. But because of the time frame, I guess that wasn't appropriate, maybe. Yeah. So. Um, what I did for my little side, you know, uh, research, there's actually a 1934 Mary Melodies cartoon called The Honeymoon Hotel, which is one of the famous songs from the this movie, Footlight Parade. It's just like this little seven-minute thing. You can watch it online. Um, but it uses the same music and everything. It, it's about these little, uh, this little bug city, basically. So it's like a prequel, you know, to Bugs Life, you know, mm. from the Disney. But they're like living, living in a bug city, and and I, I guess they're getting married. These two little ladybugs. So they go to the honeymoon hotel, you know, and it's the same songs they're singing, and uh, and at the end, you know, they're in their room, and it's like the same scene from the movie. Where the two people are in in one bed, which was part of the whole pre-code thing, right? After that, they couldn't be seen in the same bed, and uh, and then like um, in the movie, it it cuts to like a picture of a baby. So apparently, you know, you know what they're doing. So in the cartoon, it's basically the same thing. The two little ladybugs <laughs> are in the bed, and then it it cuts to like a picture of a baby. So, yeah. uh, but I thought that was just so cute, you know to find that all right so f- as far as the game is concerned you scored the four points because an f is worth four on in the game 
Now, my mine, you drew out the letter Q, and I had to do a Western again. And my subcategory is it had to be rated R, which there is one from 1995, which I did not get. Not the time. Once again, I got 1980 to 1990 yet again. And so I went with Quigley Down Under. And that one started, or stars uh, Tom Selleck and Laura San Giacomo and Alan Rickman. Um, the synopsis of this one is a uh, Tom Selleck is a sharpshooter named Matt Quigley. He's hired by a white, who's from Wyoming, and is hired by an Australian rancher, paying a very high price to to do some dirty work for him. And when he gets there, um, never not everything is what it's supposed to be. Now, this came from 1990. We saw it on Pluto. I know you said you've seen this before. I think I've seen it before. Um, this is a really a, a, a cheesy western. Um, the director was Simon Winsor. Um, I, I I don't do as much of the research into this as, as Angie does, and I should I should probably do that a little bit more. And I think I, with the next episodes, we I will start doing that. But stuff. you you said you've seen the Lonesome Dove stuff that yeah, he did. Yeah, the, the the TV series. Yeah, yeah, he did other westerns like that. Um, Crocodile. Uh, <laughs> Crocodile Day, Los Angeles, the third yeah. one. Oh my <laughs> god! So, uh, speaking of Crocodile Dundee, that's the, f- the first one. Is the only one to watch. Wow! <laughs> but that's getting sidetracked. But yeah, this one it was cheesy. Um, it. We saw it on Pluto, I think, is where we saw that at. Um, I'm giving this one a two, two pucks. It, it it had a couple of moments in the very beginning of it. You know, some dude gets whacked in the fucking balls with a stock of a shotgun, and then like a minute or two later, some dude gets kicked in the balls by the chick. And it's like, oh, we're off to this kind of crap, you know. But uh, uh, Rickman, I think his haircut still looked like, Hans Gruber's haircut because this is done well, almost immediately after, after Die Hard, and and I found out he the reason why he wanted this is because he wanted to go to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what better way than to get cast in a movie that's yeah. filming there? But he, he had one of the best lines in the nobody kicks me out of my own house. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, this 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 movie was it, if you stumble across it and you you want to get you know a cheesy western, go for it. Other than that. This is a pass for me. Like I said, I gave this one two, two, two bucks. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, what did I say came out that year? Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves. Which is, I mean, another Western type movie. They're both trying to say something about the plight of in Australia, Aboriginals, right? And Dances with Wolves was with the American Indians, yeah. right? Um, and Quigley, it just didn't hit as much as dances with wolves i mean that's i mean yes now that we can look back yes it's considered a white savior movie yes we understand but these movies are are trying to take the first step in in in, you know uh, showing people what actually happened because remember australia was still under or is is still currently under british yeah well so you know part of the whole you know um, issue with them, you know, taking over lands, and you know, we've seen this all over, you know. Yeah. Now, my 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 thought on this one, and I didn't bring this up last night, is you know, my my category thing was rated R. I wonder what because this one was given a PG thirteen rating, and I'm wondering why, in cases like this movie, particularly with with the Aborigines, where a lot of them in this show were were partially naked you had the ladies were all topless and some of the kids were were unclothed so both male and female and i think there's even a couple of scenes where a couple of the guys the the the, the men were bottomless but you didn't get a full fledged front nudity thing why they consider this a pg-13 versus an r as well as the the gun violence, you know, because you see some of those other ones. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of swearing, and if there was, there there was no one the f bombs, which you know, you're you're allowed so many before it tags that already. But I think it's just kind of weird where where these particular societies who live without clothing, when you put them into the movies, why it doesn't tack on certain 
requirements? I th- I think because it's not. Remember the the MPAA back then. This this all goes back to the other movie, the pre code, and mm. you know, the MPAA today, or even back in the eighties. This was even before. Well, certain certain movies were before the PG thirteen. This one was PG thirteen. PG thirteen. Yeah. So I mean, if you look back at some of the other movies that deal with um, natives of certain lands, I mean, the one I'm thinking of is The Gods Must Be Crazy. I love that movie. It's from 1980, and that's a PG movie. You know, there's a lot of uh, you know uh, native people in there that were you know that's how they they dress or no not dress you know they're all naked um so i think it just has to do with um the um um i don't want to say plot but just the the theme of the movie you know um it you know it's not being you know uh sexy i guess or whatever you know it's not in a in a sexual nature you know so um you know that's that's how those movies. Yeah. I don't know of anything currently that I can bring up at the top of my head right now, but I'm sure there's other, uh, you know, similar situations. So. All right. So what did you score this one? Uh, I give this a two. Also. Okay, okay. Um. So. Um. Oh, and one other trivia thing. This was eighty nine. 90? Uh, 90. Um, Harrison Ford was originally offered this role. Actually, I think it was Steve McQueen originally, but then he died. Because this movie was in limbo hell for several years. Then then they offered it to Harrison Ford. But he thought it was too close to Indy, right? I mean, in a way. So they brought it back to Tom Selleck. Whereas the original Indy... They wanted Tom Selleck, yeah. but he couldn't do it because, I guess, of Magnum. I think I think the TV show made him stop, uh, not take it. And so Harrison Ford got that role. <laughs> well, and, and didn't you say that you see something last night about this where the time frame was like 1830-something? Yeah, it takes place in the, in, uh, um, uh, what was it, 1850s? Something like that. And so the, right after the Civil War, right? But then you're like, Wyoming didn't come into a state until... Be, tell, be, oh, 1890s. Yeah, something like that. So Wyoming wasn't even state yet, but he's from Wyoming. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I read more onto that. Yes, they did consider the Wyoming territory. Oh, okay. But there actually is a an area called Wyoming in in Australia, Western Australia specifically. Mm. So I don't know if those mm. locals understood it to be that, you know. Well, he said he took a boat for three months. Yeah. Well, so we're thinking uh, the United States because everything was the Americans. Yeah. So... All right, well, it is the time for the ping pong balls. So, first up are the letters. So, Angela. Your next movie starts with the letter S, as in Sam. Here's the bag of balls. That didn't sound right. The bag of ping pong balls. You get an O. That's an O. I hate how you draw for me. I <laughs> really. <laughs> Next up is the genres. You get a wild. You can pick any thing that you want that starts with the letter S. Any any genre. Yep, any genre. So there's a bag of balls. You get a comedy. The year of your movie. You once again, you get a 2010 to 2020. Now, if you get an 18 or 1980 to 1990 again, I'm gonna be madder than shit. You can, you can take it out, man. So 2020 to present. So you get three years. With an O. <laughs> And it has to be a comedy. Mm-hmm. Huh? Good luck, D. 
Okay, so now what is this one? This is your subcategory. This is for the points. And it has to star a kid. A kid as the star? As the star. Or kids, so like for example, it. Though that's something that it's the kids of the star, not about adults. Someone you met at Fanex <laughs> with a new movie. Wow, good luck. I didn't know that was a category. So so far, I've gotten points <laughs> every time. Yeah, because I draw good for you. You you draw shit for me. Okay, is that it? Yeah, so for our next one. Um, oh, what are we doing for a list? That's what I'm talking about. So for our next one, I think we're going to do, because you brought this up for um, to do with the Meat Shields guys, to do our top ten list of Bruce Willis films. Because he's been in the news lately with, with Father's Day, you know, him showing pictures of, you know, with his grandkids now that he's got the dementia and shit like that. So, um or we can do, since Indiana Jones is coming out next week, we can do our top 10 Harrison Ford films. Let's do that one. All right. That's so that's, more. that's what we'll do. So with Indiana Jones and The Dial of Destiny coming out next week, um, we're going to do our top 10 Harrison Ford films. So, or do you want to do Adventure? No, we'll, we'll do Harrison Ford Just films. specifically Harrison Ford? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's six of them are already going to be ta- accounted for. <laughs> Three Indiana Jones, three Star Wars. <laughs> I got to come up with four other ones. Yeah. Okay. I know. No, I, I will. I will honestly try to f- not have all three indies, and because the fourth one, uh, Crystal Skull, sucked. That one's I'll not going to list. That one. <laughs> and then um, Star Wars, but uh, uh, but yeah, that's that's what we got for this time. Uh, congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights. Go Knights, go! Stanley Cup champions. And until next time, this is Big D. Late. This is Beefy Beagle. Goodbye. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.